Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're at. Welcome to Doing Business with a Servant's Heart. This is the show where we have people like Joseph who are going to show you why serving's the first thing you do before you sell. This is something I'm passionate about, and I know Joseph is. We've had a couple conversations, and I'm excited to have him on the show. Joseph, welcome. Steve, thank you so much. Excited to be here. Highlight of my day. I appreciate that. That's awesome. And in your background, it says startup builder. Startups are hard. Why go that direction? So I just love solving puzzles. Ever since I was a little kid, you know, those board, you know, those puzzles with a thousand pieces, 500. I always loved them. To me, a startup is just a big puzzle. Lots of moving pieces. Try to put them all together to come up with something at the end of the day. And if you could put the puzzle together, good things happen. Products get sold, people have jobs, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, I love that. It brings the kid out of you a little bit, doesn't it? I'm a kid at heart. <laughs> I'm I sure. Know. Well, I'm sure we're going to laugh more than once. Today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I love simplicity. I think business can be complex. Sounds like that's what you do. You kind of simplify it as much as you can, of course, with people you work with. Definitely, uh, I think some of the startups that fail fail because people try to make it more complicated than it really needs to be. At the end of the day, there's some basic things every company has to do, right? You have to put certain processes and procedures in place. You have to sell, you have to you know, service, et cetera. If you try to put all these crazy you know, convoluted processes in place, it, it, it's like throwing you know rocks into the gears. I Again, sometimes you have to, let's say a more complicated business where there's a compliance function, you know, I, no, no offense to the compliance people out there, but they slow things down. It's you know, it's part of the nature of the beast, and they're there for a reason. I know, but uh, you know, good businesses in the startup space move quickly, try things. They don't overthink them too much. You know, not everything's going to work. Some things are going to fail. You learn what fail from those failures. You move on, try something new. It's, that's pretty simple, right? Like <laughs> it's like yep. science one hundred and one: test, learn, test, learn. Now, how is Support important for a startup. Uh, well, I guess it depends on which part of support you're talking about. But uh, customer support, you know, if you're selling to consumers, for sure, they're going to want to have someone there behind the product that they could talk to. Uh, if it's a complicated product or service or something new, like I've worked in some businesses where the the solution was disruptive, and I, I don't like to use that word too loosely, but changing something people were used to, then they're going to, they're going to have questions. They're going to want to know that there's someone there to get their back and hold their hand if they need it. On the business side, you know, people are putting their faith in your product or service. Yes. And if you can't deliver, <laughs> they may lose their job. Right. So right. there was an old advertising slogan. No one gets fired for hiring IBM or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you go hire a startup, there is a risk, right. On both sides. So you know, support's going to be important and service is always important. So let's talk about serving a startup. How do you do that in your business? In, in you know, what are the goals for that when they start with you? So when I help startups, I usually come in and, and you know, try to build a good relationship with the founders, co-founders, you know, whatever the structure might be, understand what their goals and objectives are, what their vision is, uh, you know, where they're trying to take that business and, and, and what time frame. And I look at it really like a construction worker. <laughs> like I come in and I try to put the foundation in first. I'm not the guy who's going to come in there and say, "Hey, let's go spend you know five thousand dollars on a TikTok influencer and you know boom, you can have growth." Maybe that's the solution, 
And that's, but to me, that's a tactic, right? I come in there and I try to say, okay, do you have X, Y, and Z in place? No, let's, mm-hmm. let's figure out what those pieces are. Let's put those in place so that you can put the first floor on the second floor on. Yeah. No offense to any marketers. I think, you know, I learned from all marketers. I, I, they're my competitors. They're also my colleagues. And so tactical marketing is important, but at the same level, you need to put the processes in place to grow a business. If you just say, I'm going to throw all my money at, and I'm just going to beat up influencer marketing today, I guess, then it, it may work, but it's it's not built for long-term success, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a drug. You got to keep buying more of it. And for me, I try to look at it more holistically. You know, what can we do to build word of mouth? What can we do to build a greater presence on the web? What can we do to create a better brand through various strategic marketing initiatives? Are there things, what's the big problem? Uh, yesterday, yeah. for example, I, I had a conversation with a, a, an entrepreneur. They were trying to figure out, like they've done all the right stuff. And now we're trying to figure out like, where's the missing, why is things not clicking? Like it should, dominoes should be falling very quickly. So, you know, I can come in very early. I can come in the middle of the process, problem solving. That's how the best way to decide. And then I can obviously do all the tactical implementations, or if I don't do it myself, bring bring the resources that I have to, to help out. You said two words that are very important, build relationships. That's got to be vital when you're working with a startup, correct? Uh, I mean, I think that's why you and I are talking today, right? We yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we were introduced by you know mutual friends. And for me, I've had a lot of success uh, either finding startups to work with because of people I know uh, or helping startups grow because of the people I've met through the process. I don't know everything. The startup founders don't know everything. If they believe they do, they're going to fail. I'm willing to put my neck out on the line to say that. Uh, you have to bring people in. You have to trust people. You know, if they prove you wrong, okay, you you move on. But yeah, you need to build those relationships. Uh, someone, you know, recently said to me like, "You are a master networker," and like I never thought of myself that way. Yeah. But I and, and I'm not even sure I like that phrase, but it's just natural to me to go out there and help people connect who can help each other, right? So if I know you need a PR person and I have a great PR person, I'm going to introduce them. Do I need anything for that? No, I want you to, you two to work it out. And that yeah. goes across the board for anything I do. Well, I like to call it servant's mentality or mindset. That's what we do is, you know, your networker or your connector. And they're okay words, but I love the servant because you're always thinking, Joseph, which I really like about you, how can I give you value? How can I give you a, the law of increase in the in the think and grow rich, Napoleon Hill? Yep. Well, talking and thinking about you today doing this show, one thing that came to my mind was that that the stats that say, and you helped me correct me on the stats that ninety uh, percent of businesses don't make it past a year or three, whatever that is. How do yeah, you deal with it? What is that stat? Yeah, I don't know the latest stat, but there, yeah. there is a stat that you know most startups fail in the first whatever number of years. I've been part of some of those companies, uh, okay. and it's it's a rough ride. You know, like anytime you, there's something falls apart, it's hard. The startups that fail because of poor funding, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. Startups that fail because of poor management are the ones that hurt me the most because they could have succeeded, right? Like if the leaders or the founders or the director, board of directors or whatever structure they're going under would have just taken that step back and had a little self-awareness. Hey, we don't 
have the answers. We need people who do. We need to listen more, right? That's not enough listening in the world. Two ears, one mouth, use them in proportion, right? That's one of my favorites. Uh, they And I've seen it. I've seen companies where the founders just, they think, you know, the board director guy said to do this and this person had success at that company and we're just going to do that. And we're not going to listen to the people at the company. So the, the employees, the customers, the people who are inquiring about those services, the vendors, partners, there's so many people you could listen to. They have the answers. You just got to be open to them. And yeah. so that's that's what bothers me when those companies fail. Again, you know, funding is funding. You need money to uh, to run a business. There's no question. Uh, but many times, it's it's not even the product. It's usually the people. That's in my yeah. personal experience. Yeah, and, and you're right. And it's interesting to me what you're saying is if that company gets is lack of funding, it's hard. You're kind of out of control with that to be able to do something. But if that startup gets the funding and you can work on the people on the management side with your company, their success rate jumps up a lot higher percentage. I'll give you an example of a company Great. I worked for years ago. Um, I went to, it was my first startup, the first startup I, I joined. I was employee number three. It was an education business. And the CEO and I, it was me, the CEO and the CFO and, and one or two support people in the in the company. And he, I remember this conversation so vividly because it was like impactful. He said to me, Joseph, I hired you because I know you know what to do and you're going to help this business grow. If you need me, find me. Otherwise, here's your guidelines. He gave me some specifics. Just go. And he got out of the way and the business flourished. He, ultimately, that business sold for nine or 10 figures. Yeah, good things happen when leaders put their trust in people who can do the job. He didn't try to micromanage me. He didn't try to tell me exactly what to do, when to do it. He just did. He's like, these are your goals. If you're hitting your goals and you're going after your objectives, we're all good. That's Nothing's great, perfect, right? Yeah, no, and that's a great lesson for bosses, CEOs, people in that that level to walk away and let the person they hire, in this case, you, Joseph, to do what you do best and not interject anything while you're trying to, you know, make this thing go. It doesn't have to just be more. It's every function, right? It's not just marketing. It's finance, yeah. it's sales, it's operations. You need trust. If you're the founder of a company, yeah, I get it. It's your baby. It's your you, your name on the the financing. But you are also hiring people for a reason, Right. Like if you just want someone to press the button when you say press the button, you don't need to hire senior people. Go hire someone overseas to press the button every three hours or whatever it is you're doing. If you're hiring senior people, give them the tools, the resources, and the bandwidth and trust them. If you don't trust them, then you shouldn't hire them. It's really that simple. What would you do with a client that you meet, a prospect, excuse me, that doesn't fit your model? Just, just not a fit for you, whatever that reason is. What's your next step with them? So I've tried to become very self-aware and, and a good judge of character at this point. And if it's not going to work, I it's not the money is not worth it, right? At the end of the day, you can charge them a, a little bit more and to make them go away, or or and then they they may say yes, and then you're really in a tough spot. I, I usually just say, look, this is not going to be the right fit. Uh, you need someone to do X, Y, or Z, and I'm happy to make an introduction if that's what you really want. But, if, and that's usually someone like very tactical. And in, in my experience, they, they want someone very like, I just want someone to run my social media account, right? It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not, 
I could do it, but that's not why you would hire me. You would hire me for a bigger, more robust engagement. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I've done some social media stuff solo, but it's usually part of a bigger agreement or working with people I, I love to work with. Uh, but if you just want something very tactical, then don't hire a senior person. Hire someone who's very tactical, you know, who knows that space very well, and just go with it. And I can make recommendations pretty much for any function within marketing uh, if that's what they need. I know I, I like that business. But, yeah. You know. I like that question. I like to ask it a lot on this show because a servant did exactly what you just talked about. Give up. You just gave up dollars, but you may have lost more with a bad complaint. But people need to hear that. Don't fit a you know round circle in a square hole. But the next step that you took, it's fantastic, Joseph. Guys, reach out to him. Listen to what he's saying. He <laughs> gave up, that. but he knew it wasn't going to fit. But he took the second step of servant of serving, like because you and you're nothing wrong with you. You could have said, "Hey, we're just not a fit." You know, I wish you luck. I hope you find what you're looking for. This is probably what you're looking for. You took the extra step. To me, that's important to find somebody else that fit instead of leaving this XYZ person floundering. Like I'm a startup. Oh my God, he can't work with me. Somebody referred me. I wanted to use him, but it's not a fit. What do I do now? You take that away from them. That's awesome. If they're open to it, right? Like not everyone's True. not. <laughs> some people think no. they have, you know, like they know better, which they may. Um, yeah. But yeah, I agree. If you can help people again, if I can't help you, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I can't help you. My time is valuable. Your time is valuable. Let's not waste each other's time. I, I also usually try to work with people that have a vision and a mission, you know, yes. so it's Love not it. just floundering in the dark, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to find those people. I'm sure you, I'm sure you've come across them. Absolutely. And, and, and those are great points you made in regards to uh, personal development. You're successful, Joseph. And I know you study, we've talked about it, books, What's some books you can share with the audience that's really helped you get to where you are? So from a marketing standpoint, uh, lots of books. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm a huge Seth Godin fan. I've been a fan of his since his early writings. Uh, I've gone to his speaking engagements and bought numerous copies of different books and give them away to people. So yeah, he's got, I don't know how many at this point, but uh, some of my favorites are uh, the, the Big Moo uh, and The Dip. You know, they're, they're it's just two of his books. Uh, Made to Stick is a pretty good book for in the startup kind of mentality. A book called Traction is also a good startup book, kind of talks about the different channels you could use and how to use them. For people who are more senior, it's going to be kind of reminders, if you will, but it, it's good. You know, it gives someone a, a really kind of baseline to how to build a startup. And it goes through 19 different uh, marketing channels that you could use to build your business. I love the book Dip. Dip. Yeah. yeah, I've never heard of it. What a title. Dip. Yeah, it tells you everything, it, right? It's yeah, it sort of talks about like when business businesses will hit a dip at some point and it's how you get out of that dip and how do you grow out of it and continue that you know, persistence through it. And you know, should you continue or should you not continue? Sometimes, you know, the answer is to go the other way. Right. When you work with a client and then you release them, they you know, you've done everything you you've done for them, you hit their goals. Do clients come back to you later on for more advice and and, and uh, maybe uh, check out check out their marketing again to see where they're at? Is that something you offer and they do? So I'll work with people however they feel comfortable. Uh, I, I'm not like stuck in a specific model. I will say because of the comments earlier about the relationships, 
most of the people I work with, I have long-term relationships with. And so, you know, it could be a year, it could be five years, it could be, you know, I have one person I've done work with now, I think it's close to 10 years. You know, we're, we're more friends than business people now. Like, you know, it's just, Whatever I could do to help him, I'll help him. And uh, he is appreciative of it, of it. And he doesn't question what I do because he sees every month that he's getting a bit more and more business. So why would he question it? A lot to be said about you, Joseph, to have a client for 10 years. That's a small percentage of people to be able to have that. It's one client. It's not hundreds. But, <laughs> but still. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and again, it's really... and for. Some of the jobs I've held over the years, uh, you know, I, I like to look back and very few occasions where there are people I don't talk to anymore, like the CEOs of these companies, like, you know, they may not need me anymore. They may not have, I may not have a working relationship with them, but I can call them up and they'll take my call or send them an email or, or make an introduction. Uh, I, the company I was referring to earlier, the education company, that CEO recently started a new business and he was telling me about the business. And I said, oh, I, I know this guy you should talk to because same industry, like there's probably some synergies. You could probably, you know, speed up your your adoption. They they talked. You know, I don't know where I ended up going, but they talked. Like, happy to help them, right? Like, I don't need to get paid for an introduction. That's not what I do. Yeah. What this this is a tough question, but I love asking tough questions because you're smart. Thank what you. is the one thing that startups make mistakes on that you've worked with? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, mistakes that startups make. I, I think I'm going to go back to the management. Like hiring is such a crucial element of a startup. So there, there's a saying, hire, fa hire fast, fire fast, right? Or something to that effect. I, I would say firing fast is important if you've definitely made the wrong decision in hiring someone. And you can usually figure out, it's usually a culture fit, not a skill fit. Like, you know, they're just not... They don't have that, that DNA to work in that fast-paced, you know, minimal support sort of situation. But at the end of the day, if they're if you hire smart, and like I said earlier, you get out of the way, you should be hiring people that could almost run the business on the by themselves, right? If you can hire those kinds of people, you know, entrepreneurial spirits that just want to see the thing grow and succeed. Mm -hmm you will succeed. I've seen too many startups, you know, try to hide things from their employees and they don't want to share. You don't have to share everything, but like they should feel part of the company, right? They're, they're putting their name their time effort into something you started. So give them the benefit of the doubt of trusting them with this information so that they can help you grow the business, like make everyone part of the team, right? It's a team. You got to build a team. Uh, if you don't, can't build the team. And it's hard, especially when you're moving fast nowadays with people in multiple places. It, it's the people at the end of the day, you know, you gotta have the right people. It's the, you know, right people in the, in the, on the bus in the right seats. Uh, you know, I forgot who's what the author was, you know, who I'm talking about. <laughs> Excellent. No, this is great. What you're, the audience is learning. I'm learning a lot. I wish I had a startup because I would work with you right now. You heard that here. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd work with you even without a start. <laughs> I appreciate it. Let's do a shout out. How can they reach out to you if they have questions or want to learn more? Sure. So I'm uh, pretty easy to find. My name is J-O-S-E-F. So people can find me on LinkedIn, Joseph Katz. They can find me on my website. It's just my first and last name.com, Joseph Katz. Uh, Gmail, Joseph Katz at gmail.com. So uh, pretty easy to find. Uh, LinkedIn. I'm on a lot of the other stuff, but spend mo more of my social media time on LinkedIn at this point. Yeah. 
what do you think if somebody called you and says, I want to do a startup and I want to do a DoorDash company or something that's already on its way, it's, it's you know, DoorDash has taken over the, the food delivery. Let's just use that example. How would you handle that? So I don't get excited by lookalike businesses. I, I like to work with businesses that are, you know, really doing something different, unique, uh, challenging the status quo. And there's, there's nothing wrong with those kinds of businesses, right? You know, there's an Uber, there's a Lyft, you know, there's a mm -hmm. DoorDash, there's something else or whatever. Um, just, they're fine. They're great. You know, they're, they're good businesses. I just not that interested in marketing that kind of a product. I, I like a little bit more of a challenge. I like to be able to break new ground, I guess. I'm, I like to think of myself as a builder, right? Like I use that on my website. I started a builder because I, I do like to build. I, you know, I've done those uh, Myers-Briggs type of personality tests and I'm a, I'm in that quadrant of building and, you know, solving puzzle problems and putting, you know, things in place, just doing the same thing someone else is doing just doesn't do it for me. And that's fine. You know, other people, yeah. there's definitely room for, you know, a second in every category or even a third or a fourth. So, yeah, no, and great answer. You know, great answer. Cause I believe you that's, and uh, that's what I feel. And again, it's nothing wrong. If you've got a better, widget that the other people do it's going to work um and by the way we should probably have doordash or uber sponsor <laughs> our show so we'll, <laughs> we'll work on that later <laughs> besides that point um you know run out of time here i enjoy this much more than i thought i would only for the fact i'm learning so much more if i had a startup joseph i would reach out to you with questions and probably work with you and and i don't know a lot of, i know a lot of marketing companies but none of really that I know have niched down to startup. So audience, if you've got a startup, let's reach out to Joseph. Let's ask him some questions. I want his calendar full because of this show. Let's yeah, challenge out to you. Let's see what startup, we can do. Yeah, thank you. I Go appreciate ahead. that. And startup, I, I look at startup as a, as a broad category. It doesn't have to be like a tech startup. It could also be a small yeah. business yeah. that's just trying to like get off the ground. Right. It's, and there's a lot being started every day. I hear that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's a, there's a ton of startups. But I don't know many people I would send to except to you that if somebody said I'm doing a startup. So I appreciate you being part of my network. Um, wow. With that being said, people reach out to them. Thank you again. It's been a fabulous show. Let's leave the audience with some advice that you can give them to help them on their journey of where you've got, you're successful. What have you learned? So I'm going to share a piece of advice I heard recently. It was just said so well. Listen to everyone, follow no one. And what I mean by that is, listen, get all the inputs. We talked about it earlier. But that doesn't mean you have to take their advice. Just in integrate it. Like Just because someone says, go this way, doesn't mean you have to go that way. Absorb it. But follow your own path, right? You're, you're doing what you believe, your, your vision. So listen to everyone, follow no one.